I want to, I've entitled my message this morning. First, I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you for the word of God. I thank you for babies and church. Hallelujah. Amen. And Father, uh, we thank you that, Lord Jesus, um, you have a message for us today. We pray, Holy Spirit, you would peel back our hearts, push aside all our thoughts, all the stuff, and there would be fertile ground to receive your word this morning. Holy Spirit, anoint your word, not my word, your word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So I've been talking to you guys um, over the last while about a thing called being led by the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit dwells in you, that when you become a Christian, when you become born again, uh, there's kind of like a transaction that happens between you and heaven, that God is no longer out there, but he comes and resides in here. So if you are a Christian, the Holy Spirit actually dwells in you. And one of the roles of the Holy Spirit dwelling in you is that he wants to lead your life, lead you through the challenges like Joe mentioned before, through family challenges, things that can seem overwhelming. He has a way to lead us through. And you know, we don't need to shout out to heaven because he's dwelling in us. He wants to talk to us. Sometimes it's good to take heaven by storm. The Bible says, you know, the violent take heaven by storm. But there's a voice within you, the voice of the Holy Spirit, that wants to lead you from difficulty into uh, all the promises of God. It says in Romans chapter 8, verse 14, through to 17, for as many as are led by the, by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, of whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Uh, the, spirit, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. You're a child of God, man. And of children, then ears, ears of God, and joint ears with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified. Part of the Christian journey is a part of there is hard times. There is moments when life is really difficult. Christianity is not like, you know, uh, all trouble is taken away. Christianity is a message that helps you walk through trouble because you're a son or a daughter of God. It talks here about this aspect of inheritance. So one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to lead you but not lead you to trouble, but to lead you to what it is to be a son or a daughter of God and also to enjoy what this means to be an inheritor. An inheritor of the promises of God. And the Holy Spirit is the key to lead you to those things. Um, I've been told in my message this morning, if nothing changes, nothing changes. You heard the saying? If nothing changes, nothing changes. See, the Holy Spirit, in order to lead us to this place called our inheritance, to lead us to this place of our promised land, to lead us to the place of freedom, needs to take us through a thing called change. Not many people like change. Lots of us have theories about change. We want to embrace change. I mean, you know, how many times have we said to ourselves, I've got to get more healthy. I've got to eat right. And then you just go down to the shops at nine o'clock at night and buy a bar of chocolate. Knowing 
you know. I mean, I went down to the supermarket last night, probably not nine, about seven. I just had the munchies. And, I, you know, I saw on a stream a few weeks ago, baby was getting bigger. And I thought, I'm going to make change. But that chocolate, mate. You get what I mean? Change can be a wrestle because there's a cost to change. Hallelujah. Remembering the Holy Spirit wants to lead us to the promises of God, that, but that does require change. Change in ourselves. When we first become a Christian, we have to do a thing called repentance. You cannot become a Christian unless you are prepared to repent. Repent basically means your life's going this way, you're following a certain pattern and a plan, not God's, yours, and repentance means to turn around and begin the journey of walking his way, doing his uh, methods of life, change. And it also begins with changing how you think. So you can't enjoy the Christian journey without embracing change, true? Now, wherever you are now, it's, you know, I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know how long you've been in the faith. I, I mean, I know some of you. I don't know where you are now. But I do know that God does not want you to remain there. That God wants you to be led by him even further into what the scripture can often call the promised land. But that will require change. But here's the point. You can have your Christian uh, theory or theology and it can just remain a theory. It can be something that's out there that you can have great discussions about and all those kinds of things. But until you actually embrace it and begin to adapt to the change that you require, you will only stay where you are. True? I want to... True? True, true. I want to use the, um, the um, story of the children of Israel. I actually, first of all, I want to read you a couple of scriptures out of the Passion Bible because you're a person of destiny. So remember, he's leading you, leading into your, into your inheritance, into your promised land. God designed you with a destiny in mind, but you're the one that makes the choice whether or not you, in, you live out this so-called destiny. He's described that destiny uh, when Jesus came as a life of abundance. He said, I did not come, uh, he said, I came to bring you life and life in more abundance. So... Uh, here's what the Passion Bible says about your uh, destiny. Ephesians 1, 1, 1 11. Uh, Through our union with Christ, we have been claimed by God as his own inheritance. Before we even were born, he gave us our destiny that we would fulfill the plan of God who always accomplishes every purpose and plan in his heart. Joe, God knew seven years back what would be happening in seven years' time. God knew, he pre-planned, he destined that if you hung on to him, if you continued to live your life being led by him, eventually you would come on the other side of this thing. See, God wants to lead us to his destiny that we're designed for. Ephesians 3.20 um, we know it in a lot of versions, but here it is in the Passion Bible. Never doubt, 
God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. The Holy Spirit wants to lead us in that. I mean, is that, that's like not a depressing thing. That's quite exciting that there is an active, mighty power within us designed to lead us into our destiny. And in fact, this destiny is beyond what you think possible. Designed beyond what you think you could ever live. Hallelujah. So in order to do that, the Holy Spirit has to lead us through change. And I want to base how I kind of, we look at this out of um, the story of the children of Israel. I reckon um, that baby sounds like you, Zoe. Just got that perfect pitch to just get some attention. So the children of Israel had spent 40 years in the wilderness because really it was their own fault because they weren't willing to change. They weren't willing to let go of, Israel, of Egypt. And Moses had wrestled with these people. But these people were not going to get into the promised land because they did not want to embrace letting go, adapting to change, and embracing their future. In fact, they were intimidated by their future. So we'll take up the story uh, in Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through to 3. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses, Moses is aid. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give you to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. So think about that. 40 years of not getting anywhere. These people had grown up, uh, hearing of the promises of God, realizing that, in fact, their forefathers, maybe their mums, their dads, whomever, had made the call to not go in. But now God was saying, this is the moment, this is the time, this is the... uh, destiny that I have for you and I'm saying to you, you get ready because you're going in. Get ready. And see, it's interesting. I've said to you this morning, I've entitled my message, nothing changes if nothing changes. There are places where we must allow the Holy Spirit to lead us through change, but there are some things that don't change. So, I want to tell you what shouldn't change, but what should change. You with me? Are you with me? Good, good. It'll get better. It's all good. Okay, there are some things that never change. Note in the tail end of this verse 3 that he says this stuff, and then God makes the statement, as I said to Moses, as I 
promised Moses. You see, my friends, there are promises in the scripture. There are promises spoken from the mouth of God that will never change. Many years earlier, God had made a promise through a man named Abraham to take take a nation, make a nation out of him and lead them into a promised land. Then different people had come along and even to Moses, he had made the same promise. And you read a Bible, hopefully, that has got promises spoken some 2,000 years ago, even further back, that do not change. God's promises never change. God's hope of you living a life where you will live out a destiny designed by him has never changed. When Jesus came to the planet, he came shouting the message that he came to bring life and life and abundance, that you had a destiny and that you had a purpose. You see, there are things of God that never change. You with me? You've got to repent to become a Christian. Another thing that never changes is in order for you to live out the promises of God, you've got to make a step of faith. Without a step of faith, you will never enter into what God has for you. To become a Christian, you must make a step of faith to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, you can theorize it, and you can consider it, and you can stack it up there with all the other uh, statements of faith You know, like what Buddha said or what Muhammad said or whatever. But there is the moment when you must, if you want to be a Christian, say, I believe Jesus is the one. If you don't do that, if you choose not to do that, you will never, ever go beyond where you are and you will never enter into the inheritance that God has for you. You with me? Lots of people keep Christianity as a theory. But it's not until you realize that it is the very spoken utterance of God that you'll be able to enter into what God has for you. Has to come a moment. There had to come a moment for me, you know, a long time ago, where I had to make a step of faith. Put aside everything else that every, 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 every other voice was saying and believe Jesus is the Son of God. Lord, forgive me, I give my life to you. Had to come that moment. If you don't make that moment, Friend, you're on the wrong side of the equation. Amen? That never changes. Note, he said this. um, Get ready to cross the river, the Jordan River, into the land I am about to give you. See, here's the thing that never, never changes. The I am, or the voice of the I am. The I am is the creator of the universe. The I am is the one that caused and brooded over darkness and brought light. The I am is the one in the Garden of Gethsemane when uh, the uh, uh, people were going to take Jesus and crucify him. The I am said, I am. You with me? The I am never changes. And note the nature of the I am. It says this, I am, I will give you. Here's the thing about what never changes with God. He is a God who gives. He's a God who gives. He's a God who gives life. He's a God who gives salvation. He's a God who gives peace. He's a God who gives hope. He's a God who gives eternal life with him. He's a God who gives us the very breath we have in our lungs. God, I am, gives. He never changes. And when he makes a promise, 
It is backed by the I am. The guys 40 years earlier never realized who the I am was. They let giants overwhelm them. They let giants freak them out. But friends, the I am is the I am. And he has a promised land for you. But will you believe he is the I am? Will you make the change necessary? I am the Alpha and the Omega. Those things will never change. Hallelujah. It says this in, uh, but some things must change. It says this in Isaiah 43, 48, uh, 43, 18 through to 19. Can you give me some feedback? You're like you're just half asleep. Can I have an amen? amen? Hallelujah. By the way, welcome to people on the stream. Welcome to Pastor Com. Pastor Com in Myanmar, we are so blessed that you've been tuning into our um, stream. And uh, we just want to bless you and greet you in Jesus' name. And those who watch with you, we are privileged to have the opportunity to share the word with you. Hallelujah. Send us back a message, Pastor. Hallelujah. Isaiah 43, 18 through to 19 says this. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So he was trying to wake Israel up. Isaiah was trying to wake Israel up. That Israel had kind of fallen asleep, caught up in what was going on in their world. And God was trying to remind them that the I am had some promises. And that the I am was about to do some new stuff. And that the I am was wanting them to leave behind change in order to move ahead. Interesting, some of you sort of dribbled in this morning and get you. Sometimes it's just hard to get out of bed and stuff. But Darren made the announcement, hopefully, that next week we're going to do something different. Next week we're going to do something revolutionary. You know what, we began even this morning and you didn't even notice. I put the pulpit on this side instead of that side. Because, man, we're going to get dangerous. Did you notice? Could you feel it's more anointing? Next week, we're going to put the worship last. You can't do church like that. Yeah, we can. Because I'm, you know, we said. So next week, if you don't get here, you're going to miss some of the message. And I know Darren, who's gone to look after his little baby, who makes noises like Zoe, has got a powerful message to preach to you. But friend, you need to be here early. And if you're at home and you live in Yarrawonga, again, I want to ask you the question, why aren't you here? Because you should be here, because we put this on for you. Don't forget it, a little bit of guilt, it's all good. So next week, the message will go first. And the worship will go last. Jesse, you're doing communion. You're going to do the communion straight after the notices. But we're only going to have a couple of notices because we're getting dangerous. Change. Why are we doing that? Because we feel there's a change and there are other thoughts that we've got going on. But if you choose to stay in bed, if you choose to come late, 
You're going to miss out on half the message. Not my fault. Hallelujah. Forget the former things. Okay. Now, there are some things that are forced on you to do with change. COVID was forced on us. COVID was forced on the world. By what? Who knows? It's debatable. Lots of conspiracies. But COVID was forced on us and we all had to adapt or make changes in order to cope with something forced on us. True? Now think about back in the scripture where it says that uh, it begins with Moses, my servant, is dead. Did the children of Israel wish Moses was dead or cause him to be dead? They never caused him. They might have wished it. I don't know. But something bigger than them happened that they needed to adapt to. That's why it begins with Moses is dead. You see, there are moments in life where things are going to change and you cannot do anything about it. But what you can do is how you adapt change to the things that you can't control. True? We all had to adjust to COVID. You know, in varying degrees of views came out through COVID too. There was all this and that and a lot of controversy and a lot of people saying this and this. But whether you liked it or not, you had to get on and make some choice to do with change. And see, when God is about to do something, sometimes the world will have changes that we can't control. COVID, look at the Ukraine, look what's happening now all over the world. There is tremendous turmoil, tremendous chaos going on. But here's the point. What do you need to do to adjust to these massive changes? Man, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Will you now? Will you? The definition of insanity is what? Someone tell me. Two things. Definition of insanity. Look in the mirror and look at yourself. No, I don't. No. Say it again. Doing the same thing over, keep eating that chocolate, bro. That belly will just keep on going. If nothing changes, nothing changes. Insanity is to think that if you just keep doing the same thing, you'll get a different result. See, the church in general across this planet needs to adjust to the tremendous chaos going on in the world. Because you know why? Because we're the answer. Because we carry the answer. Pre-COVID, we were all starting to realize, man, we've got to reach more people. We've got to reach the world. We've got Jesus, help us to reach the world. You know what? He's preparing the world for the harvest. But a lot of the church just want to go back to where it's safe. Back to putting the pulpit on the left-hand side of the stage. Back to having the worship first and the message second. Back to safety. Note what Joe said. This is a good message. Give me an amen. amen. Is it a good or am I, am, I, am I insane? Is this another definition of insanity? Yeah. Friends, we need to adapt to the changing environment. Gary came up with a great idea. A couple of weeks' time, on a Sunday, no, no, not on a Sunday, a couple of us are going to go to the market. 
We're going to go to the market on a Sunday because we want to go there because that's when a whole heap of people from Yarrawonga gather and we want to be there and just be a light. Not all of you. Because we need Sunday. But we need to be willing to change, to adapt, to hear the voice, to be led by the Holy Spirit. Why? To reach the planet, to reach lost souls, to be the light of the world. He must have been crazy. Ah, he knows what he's doing. Doing. He's the I am. You are the light of the world. But if you don't change, if you don't adapt, if you don't begin to be the light of the world, you'll be left behind. You will not become a person who, you know the greatest reason why God selected Israel? To represent him to the nations. To represent the king of kings. Friend, you are called, you are destined. The greatest destiny that we have as a church is to represent the king of kings in this community. Yeah, well, you know, you know, Friend, that is outrageous. Do we believe it? Well, if you believe it, what are you doing about it? Hallelujah. I hate these sermons Keith brings. I hate them. Change. Change, change, change. Nothing changes if nothing changes. Notice this. In Joshua again, the tail end, verse 3, it says this. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I will give you as I said to Moses. The promise is still the same. The promise is the same. And the way to enter to the promised land still remained the same. You see, the thing was, they could stay on the wilderness side. They could stay where they were getting a pillar of fire at night leading them and a cloud, man. You know, I'm not, you know, we just follow the cloud. We just follow the pillar of fire. It's easy. And you know, when I wake up in the morning, mate, my breakfast is there. I just got to go out and pick it up and pick up the manna and the quail. You know, it's, it's, it's all right on the wilderness, but the wilderness, my friends, is always the wilderness because the wilderness is not the promised land. So you know what they had to do? It said they had to pick up their feet and put them in a river and walk across to the other side to the promised land. You see that as a representation of a consistency about God that there is always a step of faith. Hallelujah. You can't get to your promised land without a step of faith. You can't live out what your destiny is if you don't take Jesus as your salvation. If you don't take Jesus as your Lord friend, you can't even begin the journey. But the journey continues after that one. And we must be people who are prepared to take steps of faith, to leave behind comfort. I'm not a person who wants to live in the wilderness. Don't, you know, I like comfort, don't get me wrong. But I, I don't know, man, I just know the I am has something better and bigger and more powerful for our lives. Uh, can I have, does anybody believe it? Gary, didn't hear an amen. Did you doze off again? 
you know that cup of water you give me, I'm going to come and tip it on you. Time. You cannot step into the promise of God unless you are prepared to bring change. Repentance is that, that's, mate, that's just change. You cannot expect to live the promise and destiny if you don't continue to make steps of faith. You know, when it's out there, when, when we're out there as the light of the world, there are moments, friend, when God's wanting you to open your mouth. There are moments when God is saying to you, be the light, be the light. I've destined you. There are people around you. There are moments that happen to us all where there must come a step of faith, where you must step over into the unknown and represent him to our community, to those you work with, to your family, to your friends. I had an interesting experience yesterday with somebody who God told me to make a step. And uh, I'm so glad I make steps because uh, it gives me the opportunity to watch what light can do. Because, friend, when you make the step, when you make the step, you watch that God, the I am, is with you and what he can do. Because he isn't some figment of my imagination. He isn't someone trapped in heaven. He is the Lord of the universe. He dwells in me and he wants me to make a step so he can display himself. Is it? Can I have a quiet amen then? No! Give me a loud one. See, the world wants to rock you to sleep, Christian. Comfort wants to rock you to sleep, Christian. But the I am wants to make you be a person who takes a step of faith. Hallelujah. Nothing changes. If nothing changes, if church just keeps doing the same thing, you know, we just sit in our, oh yeah, we've got a few things going on. Well, that's about the result we're going to keep getting. The definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing, expecting different results. You know, I've got to say, serving Jesus and being led by the Holy Spirit is a funny old thing. Because sometimes we think we're the Holy Spirit. We think that... Whatever decision we make, whatever way we live our lives, whatever thing we do, that God will accompany us and bless it because he said, wherever you put your feet, I'll give it to you. Well, you got it wrong. Because you've got to understand as a, Christian, as, as a Christian that God sets boundaries. Boundaries that if you stay on the right side, on boundaries, if you live your life in those boundaries, friend, you will walk into the promised land for your life. But if you live outside of those boundaries, if you do things outside of those boundaries, you're outside of where God can bless where your feet go. How do I know that? Because I'm smart. No. Because note what, Jesus say, uh, what God says. He says this. It's in the notes somewhere. He says this in Joshua chapter 1 verse 4. 
He is designating to them the boundaries of wherever they put their feet. He says this, From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea towards the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. So what he was basically saying was, the boundaries of what we call, and a little bit further, the nation of Israel. So we're saying to the people in the wilderness, you know what, if you get inside this land, if you, if you stay in those boundaries of this land that I've set up as your territory, if you stay there, wherever you put your feet is yours. But you see, if they had gone somewhere else, the promise was null and void. You with me? And see, Christians... And we sometimes think we're smarter than God and we live life outside of the boundaries of what he says and we wonder why our life is in turmoil. We wonder why trouble comes. We wonder why we're not living out what God said. Even money has boundaries around it. Did you know? You see, God said in stage something that has never changed and he said this. He said, if you give, it will be given to you. Hallelujah. See, that's a boundary of where God wants to give, but he says, if you don't give, I can't give. Because you know why? Because that's your step of faith. You with me? Not so convinced. If you live a life where you don't understand that you are called to be a giver and not a taker, you're stuck in the spirit of the world. You're stuck outside of the boundaries of God. This is an example. Marriage. Boundaries. You know what he said to us men? Andrew, it's a pain in the butt. He said, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Man, that's harsh. Why should I? No, I'll love her if she loves me. I'll be nice if she's nice to me. Oh, well, friend, that's outside the boundary. The boundary is, if you want your marriage to be blessed, if you want your life, uh, you know, then friend, he says, love your wife. I like the other one, he says, what is that one about the women? What do they have to do? What's that submit? Oh, we don't talk about that here. So he really loves that one. See, boundaries are set up because that's within the scope of where he can trust us with what he gives us. You with me? Am I getting through? John, am I getting through? That's right, you and me, John. You and me. There is a promised land, my friends. There is a destiny that God has made us for as a church and you as an individual. But you are the one that, desire, that makes the, the call whether or not you will be one at the end of your days that has lived the destiny God has for you. And if you are not prepared to embrace change, if you are not prepared to begin the journey of first acknowledging that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you can never get into the fullness of what God has for you. And every moment of life, there will be moments when, friends, we must make another step of faith because He will hold us to account. That's a fact. 
And there are people in your life, and I'm telling you, God's hand is at work preparing the world for a massive harvest of souls. And we are called to enter into that destiny. But you make the call. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the truth of your word. doesn't matter what I say, God. It's, it matters what your word says because you are the I am. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first, the last. You are the great, amazing Lord, captain of the hosts of the armies of heaven. Holy Spirit, you are the breath of life that lives in us. Holy Spirit, you are the one that wants to use us and lead us. We declare that, we proclaim it, we speak to the heavenlies of truth. And Lord, this morning, those that are listening, Lord, if there are those that have not yet made that first step to begin their journey of crossing the river from their wilderness to their promised land, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, stir that heart. Stir that heart. Hallelujah. And Lord, if there are those here that are wanting to stay in complacency or even live outside the boundaries though they call themselves a Christian, Holy Spirit, stir that heart. Touch that heart. Lord, let us again come to the place where we need to repent, turn around, get inside your boundary. Hallelujah. So again, we will pray a prayer. It is your choice. You can say it not mean it, or you can say it and pray a prayer to the God of heaven that you want to change, that you want to get better results with your life. So I would ask that you would follow me in a simple prayer. Lord Jesus, you are the I am. This morning I bend my knee to you. Help me turn my life towards you. I believe you are the Lord. Forgive me for my sins. Lead my life into my promised land. Help me get inside the boundaries where my blessing lies. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.